Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Stockwell service. To hear talks from each of our services, please visit christchurchlondon.org. Hi everyone. Hi. So I'm going to put you to work today. So if you have a pen and paper or the notes on your phone handy, we're going to be doing a bit of reflection later on, which is Faith's favourite thing. So I'm hoping she engages with it fully. (laughs) As a church, we are really passionate about following the way of Jesus together. And one of the ways we are doing this is by going through one of the Gospels, Luke. And we've been going through this for a while. And we are going through it with the intention of looking at what it is to learn to be loved by him, learn from him and live like him. And we are on chapter 11, The Lamp of the Body. And I didn't give it a title, but I guess the title of my talk is Choosing to Live in the Light. So, here we go. The Lamp of the Body. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden, or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. It's quite a dense passage, isn't it? So there are lots of parallels of light and dark in the Bible. And... Light itself, in, depending on your translation, is mentioned about 260 times. This story is repeated in Matthew and Mark, so it's clearly a significant story. And when something is repeated, it means that it is central to the gospel story. God wants us to really listen and apply what we're hearing. He's saying in this passage, don't just see the light, choose to live in it. John 8, verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light has been given to us. Hopefully we know that, but we have a choice whether to live in it or not. And another example of this is in the Bible, it talks about holiness. And Jesus died on the cross so that we could be holy. But in the Bible, it says, be holy. So we've been given it, but we have the choice whether to live in it or not. And that is what he is saying here. Make a choice to live in the light. And what's striking, well, maybe not surprising when we read all of the Gospels, is that Jesus is really direct when he says this. He doesn't just say kind of... Just try and be in the light or be half in the light and you'll be fine. He says, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. The Greek translates it as being single-mindedly fixed on the good. And when he talks about your eyes being healthy, in the Greek it means how you view the world, your perspective and your outlook. But when the eye is clouded or darkened, as it says in the Greek, the whole person is corrupted. So the challenge Jesus is giving us that we're talking about today is being single-mindedly fixed on the good. So we're going to think about what it looks like to live in the light rather than darkness. So a small little exercise, I would like you to close your eyes. 
I did this last week at my end and I forgot to tell people to open their eyes, so I will tell you this time. <laughs> so I want you to close your eyes and I'm, I want you to imagine you are getting up for the day and that you cannot see. But you have to do everything that you normally do. So you get out of bed. Maybe you've got to find clothes to wear. Maybe you jump in the shower. Maybe you're getting your kids up and ready. It's really difficult to do, isn't it? Maybe you're bashing into things. Maybe you're fumbling around. You can't find your favorite top to wear. It's really, really disconcerting, isn't it? And then open your eyes. How much easier is it when we can see? Jesus is using a physical illustration to make a spiritual point that people would understand. Just as being in the light helps us live clearer lives with a healthier perspective, our inner lives must be the same. So I want to ask this morning, how is your perspective and outlook? I want to pause for a moment on the strong command Jesus makes. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. We have a responsibility to choose to live in the light. Otherwise, we're in spiritual darkness. Andy did a, a brilliant talk a couple of weeks ago on this. There's no neutral ground, and this is what Jesus was saying. You're either in the light or in the darkness. But if you're anything like me, this can be really hard to hear, because how would you feel now if a light was shone not only on your behaviors, but your outlook, your thoughts, your perspective? If we're really honest, this is a really hard thing to live up to. And the question that I was asking myself when I was preparing this is, why would Jesus make such a, a, difficult, like, a difficult command that is so hard to live up to? Isn't he just setting us up to fail? Part of me winces when Jesus like, talks in such a black and white way. And the problem is that in churches, sometimes we can preach this message that God loves you, but you've messed up and you need to try harder. And, and part of me felt like this resistance as I was reading this passage, like it's just not that easy. And the problem is, when we have this kind of inner battle and feeling like perhaps we need to just try harder, we go away feeling like we're either never going to be good enough, or we try to be better than we actually are and project a different image on the outside to what we feel inside, or we just ignore it and we avoid thinking about it. Maybe we explain the passage away and think, oh, maybe Jesus was talking about something else. But the problem is with that these three kind of mindsets aren't healthy and they're not life-giving. When we constantly feel like we must try harder to be better, that is such a heavy weight to carry. And it leads us to unhealthy thought patterns, behaviors, and it leads people to abandon Christianity sometimes. Too many people leave the church because they think it's about abiding by rules and being just ticking the box. Who wants to be beaten over a stick every time they come to church or read the Bible? Because the reality is that no amount of trying is going to mean that we can be good enough because we're flawed human beings. But this is good because it means we need a different solution. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Jesus talks about taking a different kind of weight, Jesus's and not our own. And so being full of light becomes something that we can do in the light of what Jesus has done rather than our man-made attempts. 
I want to remind us today that we can live with healthy eyes in the light of God's grace rather than our own efforts. We can consciously choose to live in the light and not the shadows. So what is significant about Jesus' light? I'm going to cover two simple properties. If you've done steps before, you will recognize them, but I find them hugely helpful. So firstly, the light warms. Do you ever kind of check in with how you feel about God and feel like maybe he's kind of cold and displeased and angry? I know that sometimes I fall into that trap. But one thing about light is that it warms. Don't you just love the feeling in spring when the sun comes out and you can feel it beating down on you? It's such a good feeling, and that's what God's warmth does to us. His warmth is his grace to us. The image I have is almost like you're freezing cold and you come inside and you sit by the fire and you can take off your layers and be warmed. And God's love is like that. And I know a lot of us already know that God's love is um, that God loves us, but sometimes it's hard for that to translate from what we know in our heads to what's in our hearts. And I believe this morning that God just wants to remind us of his love. And his, is, his love is a love that is gracious and that warms. We can come in and sit by the fire and take off any layers of feeling bad that we might feel about ourselves, our burdens, our stresses, our failures. We don't have to pretend we the closer to the light we get, the more the darkness fades. When we don't feel it, we can remind ourselves of this truth. Psalm 139 is great for this, 7 to 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Darkness is as light to you. There is nowhere, absolutely nowhere, that we can go physically or emotionally that God isn't there. So we're going to do things a little bit different this morning. We're going to take 30 seconds. And I'm just going to pray that we would know God's love this morning. And I'm going to pray and I'm just going to leave 20 seconds for us to reflect on this in silence. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are a God of love. And I thank you that you love us individually. Whatever darkness we may feel we are carrying this morning, we choose to lay it at your feet and we allow ourselves to be loved by you. Amen. So the light warms and the light reveals. When the light is shone, we see things how they really are. And we don't need to hide because God's light represents his love. 
If we go back to Psalm 139, David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. What I really love about this is that David says that at the end of a whole psalm declaring how much God loves and knows him. He doesn't go straight to, oh, what have I done wrong? It's like, no, God loves me. God knows me. And then search my heart. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I come to God, I don't do that bit. I skip straight to the, oh, well, I did this wrong, or I feel bad about this. But actually, it's such an important model that we can follow that firstly, we'll reflect on who God is, how much he loves us, and then we ask him to search our heart. And on the subject of searching hearts, are there areas of darkness in our lives that don't reflect the fullness of life that he has for us? How is our relationship with ourselves, with others, and God? Because sometimes we can feel that if a behavior isn't affecting other people, it doesn't matter. But actually it does, because it damages us at a soul level. And so now we're going to take another 30 seconds, and we're going to ask God to search our hearts. I forgot to say, you'll see it, but there's a candle. So you're very welcome to close your eyes or look at the candle, whichever you find most helpful. And I'm just going to pray again. God, we've reminded ourselves this morning that you love us. And so we ask, in the midst of that love, we ask you to reveal areas of darkness that we are carrying. Maybe we've carried them on our own for too long, and this morning is about inviting you in. And we invite you, we choose to invite you into that now, and ask to reveal that to us. Amen. There are, so we've talked about the light warms and the light reveals. There are other properties of light that I could talk about, but in the interest of time, we're going to move on. We're making a choice to live in God's light rather than in darkness. So how do we do this? Application, three points. Every preacher always has three points, so I'm going to give you three. Um, Firstly, we make time to be in the light. And I hesitate sharing this because a lot of us here have been kind of we've got a faith journey that's been going on for some time and we know all the things that we should do but what I've been really struck by when reading Luke's gospel is so often Jesus calls out the Pharisees the religious people that did all the right things but inside there was hypocrisy and I can see myself in that I think sometimes I can feel like I'm going to church on a Sunday you know I'm doing my thing but actually God, show me where there are things that I need to change and help me to be in the light, not just on a Sunday, but on Monday, on Tuesday, and Wednesday, and so on. If we don't make time to be in Jesus' light, we fall into darkness. It's human nature. We're designed to need regular fuel. Think about it. We're designed to eat regularly, sleep regularly. If we stop exercising, our bodies deteriorate. If we stop learning, our brains stop maturing. You become what you make time for. 
what you spend time, who you spend time with, and what you uh, what you look at literally shapes your brain. So, what are we worshiping? It c- uh, Jesus, of course, we hope, but th- do we have idols in our lives that are unhealthy? How can we incorporate more of God's light into these areas? Well, any habit expert would tell you, make it an incremental change, otherwise it just won't happen. You need to take into account your stage of life, your current context. Maybe you read your Bible once a week. Amazing. Rather than saying that you're going to read the Bible seven days a week for half an hour at a time, I suggest, why don't we just up it to twice a week and see how you get on? If you look at your social circle and feel like, oh, actually, I feel like it needs tweaking, Why not visit a community group this week? Or why not reach out to someone who encourages you spiritually? So we make time to be in the light. Secondly, we deal with unhelpful thought patterns or behaviors. Now, when you reflected or or what you're thinking about anyway is you might already know what the problematic behaviors are or areas of darkness. But knowing what it is and being prepared to doing something about it is quite different. And in this instant, I pray a prayer that is very helpful. I pray, God, help me to be willing to sort this out. I don't pretend that I'm more ready than I am. I pray, help me to be willing. And he has a kind of strange way of answering that prayer quite quickly. So they might be problematic behaviors that are quite obvious. Maybe it's procrastination, disordered eating, watching pornography, But actually, it can often be behaviors that are very subtle but that steal our joy. Uh, Black and white thinking, catastrophizing, gossip, complaining, ignoring your own needs, anxious thoughts. We make time to confess and repent and turn away from whatever it is. But I don't want this to sound simplistic because it is really hard to do. And this is where us being community can really help. The science is clear. When we do things with others, with accountability and support and love from others, the change is longer lasting. So whether that's the STEPS course, pastoral support, communities, or a good friend, my encouragement is let's do this together rather than on our own. And think about what you might replace the behavior with. If your habit has become, say, drinking too much in the evenings, Don't just say, okay, I'm just going to drink water instead. That is so boring. Why don't you drink something that you really like? A really, (laughs) that's a a minor example, but don't make life hard of yourself. Do something that actually you would enjoy. So one small example that I've started doing is I got myself into a bit of a kind of, I felt like I was just, my thinking was becoming a bit negative and I really wanted to do something about this. So negative thinking, but also a bit kind of, I was being quite critical of myself. So now, my replacement behavior is, before I go to bed every night, I write down three things that I think I did well that day, because because my problem was being quite critical, and I write three things that I was grateful for that day. And, you know, sometimes I'm clutching at straws a bit, and I'm like, oh, the sun came out, but actually what I'm doing is training. (laughs) Actually, a week like this, I'm quite pleased the sun came out. Um, What I'm doing is training my brain to be in light rather than darkness. I'm building new neural pathways in my brain. So we make time to be in the light. We deal with unhelpful thought patterns and we share the light. 
The passage is clear. We aren't to hide the light we've been given. And we don't wait until we've, or we don't need to wait until we're fixed before thinking God can use us. At the moment we made a commitment to follow Jesus, his light has been in us and he longs to use us. When we live in the light, we have a perspective and hope that others are drawn to. So let's share it. I love, uh, I get the the, um, pronunciation wrong, but I'm going to say Irenaeus' quote. The glory of God is a man or woman fully alive. It means us combining our skills, our passions and context to live fully as he intended. Maybe that's in business. Maybe that's a homemaker. Maybe that's in the arts or in ministry. Maybe you love creating things or you love sharing your faith. Go do it all with the grace God has given you. And as you do, your light will shine as in verse 36. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. So here's where the hard work comes in. We're going to take five minutes to reflect on what we've heard. And I'm asking three questions, which will come up on the screen behind me. Write down one way we want to live more in the light this week and make that a baby step rather than something um, unrealistic. Secondly, are there, er- are there specific areas of darkness in your life you've been made aware of? What might the first step be in bringing it more into the light? And thirdly, what would it look like for you to be a light in your world this week? So we're going to take five minutes and then I will come back to close and we're going to have some music playing.
Okay, I hope that was in some way helpful. My encouragement is to share it with someone. Maybe this week in your, this week in your community or with a friend, because when, as I said, when we share it, um, we're more likely to make the changes we want to make, but also it helps prevent this feeling of isolation. Can you imagine that what would happen if each of us took one more step towards living in the light? What would the impact be on ourselves, like within ourselves, but also our communities and our relationships? That is what I'm inviting us to this morning, taking a step closer to the light. Jesus says in John 15:11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. His desire for us is to be full of joy. And every command he makes is to move us towards that place. And when we are motivated from a place of being loved, it changes our motivation. We want to live in the light rather than, f- rather than feeling like we're not doing it good enough and we should. So we're going to worship. Uh, so I would, sorry, I forgot to ask the band to come up. Um, we're going to worship. Why don't you stand and I'm going to pray just as we close. Jesus, I thank you that you said whoever follows you will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you that you are light in our lives. You are the light that guides us. You are the light that demolishes the darkness. And we pray this morning as we take steps towards the light, would the darkness fade? Whatever that darkness is, we pray it would fade. We pray that we would know your sovereignty in the midst of what is going on in our lives right now. We choose to take steps towards the light. We pray, would you come, Holy Spirit, as we offer this song as worship and a response to you. I pray would you come and fill us by your Holy Spirit. Teach us how to live in the light. We want to follow you. We want to honor you. We want to obey you. And would would you help us to do that this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Amen.